Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 114, Your Urban Legends, part 18. Ooh, so many numbers. So many numbers. Ooh, we're getting towards like some like good XX numbers. Oh and- yeah, like like the Super Bowl hats, you know? We mm-hmm. will be able to have a like a jersey that's just like double X, triple X, blah. I can't wait until we're at L. Where it's just like, L, for love. <laughs> so confusing. We have to think, maybe we could get some sexy legends for episode triple uh, X. Ooh, sexy. Well, in the meantime, we would love to welcome our newest patrons, Tristan and Mod Mom Erin from the Join the Party fam. Hello, welcome. Hey, Erin, what's up? And thank you to our supporting producer-level patrons whose support sustains us, makes the show possible. Philip, Julie, Eeyore, Kathy, Vinny, Danica, Marissa, Sammy, Josie, Amara, Neil, Jessica, Phil Fresh, and Deborah. Oh, man. I wish all of you could just come and have a beer with us. That would be awesome. And of course, we would be sure to invite our legend-level patrons. Jordan, Jess, Sarah, Zoe, Sandra, Audra, Mercedes, Jack Marie, and Leanne. It first round's on us. Anytime you all hang out with us, first round's on us. Speaking of first rounds, um, I recently visited Lake Placid, New York, uh, where my uh, family often went when I was a little kid. And makes my absolute favorite beer in the world. Do you know what that is? No, I don't actually. Well, you tasted it, Julie. I didn't tell you what it was, but I did pour it for you and you just drank it, which is that Ubu Ale right. from Lake Placid Brewery. It is just this like, like uh, I think it's like 8%. So it has some kick to it. Just like a uh, smooth, dark ale, like not too carbonated, not too hoppy, not too malty. It is the beer that I could drink like literally all day long and growler refills are $12. Wow, so that's good. Nothing like it. And Ubu Ale, that's what we were drinking this episode. Amanda, you could hand me a, a drink of anything anytime and I would drink it without question. Well, I very much appreciate that. And I feel that way when you recommend books to me, like you just give me a book and I'm like, yes, I will read this and don't even think about it. Um, so this week, I want to recommend a book that I feel that way about to our listeners. This is the Object Lessons series by Bloomsbury. Um, so this is basically like a series of small books. I saw it in a bookstore and they were so beautifully designed that I had to just pick it up and investigate. Um, but basically all the books are like smallish, squarish black books with just a noun for a title. Um, And it is a like series of essays about the hidden lives of ordinary things. So if you like 99% Invisible, if you like a show like this, where you learn about the history of stuff you already know, you should check out the Object Lessons series. Every single book investigates a different object through a variety of approaches like poetry or essays or academic criticism. The first book I read was the hotel book about just like how hotels are fucking weird and uh, interesting spaces. I'm going to read Potato next. Mm. Um, And so it's just like every book is just so intriguing. If you like Maggie Nelson, if you like Rebecca Solnit, if you like some of these like kind of contemporary cultural critics and academic writers who write stuff you actually want to read even outside of school, um, Object Lessons is for you. Those sound incredible. I'm I'm definitely going to check those out. And they were kind enough to send me some review copies to to read and to share on the show. So I'm just very thankful. They were all very cool people to work with. And I would love to write one of these books one day. So in the meantime, you should check it out. Hey, thanks, Bloomsbury. Thinking of things that I want to learn more about, Amanda, um, I would love, I would love if our listeners who are from the Portland area, lived in the Portland area and have moved away, etc. If you have Portland, Oregon stories... Please, please email them to us. I want to read them. And also we might read them at a live show in Portland. 
Yeah, we're going to be there February 16th and 17th for a bunch of Multitude live shows. You can go to multitude.productions slash live to get your tickets to that. But we love doing local stories when we do local urban legend shows. So if you have been like, oh, maybe I'll send in an email, maybe I won't. And you have something related to Portland or Oregon or even the Pacific Northwest, now is your moment. Yeah. Do you have a Bigfoot sighting story? Please tell me about it. Spiritspodcast.com. And you can use the little contact link. Yeah. Or email us at spiritspodcast at gmail.com. Either one works. And finally, this week, we would love it if you would share spirits with a friend, just one friend, just pause the podcast, open up your messages and text the friend that you think is the creepiest and coolest person you know, because spirits is great, sure. But what really is the best is bonding with your friends over creepy shit. And this is the podcast that hopefully can bring you a little bit closer to one of your coolest friends. If your friendship isn't based on creepy shit already, we'll help you make it based on creepy shit. That's what we do. It's that whole other layer, that whole next dimension. All right, without further ado, enjoy Spirits Podcast, episode 114, Your Urban Legends, part 18. Guys, you know it's not creepy? A lot of most things. things. Most things aren't creepy. Sunlight. Well, that depends if you're a vampire. If you're a vampire, sunlight is very creepy. It's less ex- it's less creepy than like like excoriating. You know, you know the word I'm trying to use. Yeah, like like scorches the life out of you. But no, I was gonna say all hanging out together because we just did that at PodCon. Yo, we did, we did it. It was so exciting. We got to see each other. Got to meet some listeners. We had a big booth in the expo hall with a bunch of stickers. We have new stickers coming, by the way for our upcoming events this year, and they're going to be great. Thank you, Art Mom, Allison Wakeman. It was the longest four days in so many different ways. I had never been so tired. And we've been to VidCon for nine years. (laughs) Yeah, dear God. But it was awesome. Though now we're back home, back to the routine, and that means uh, talking early in the morning once every few weeks to record an Urban Legends episode for all of you. I took a nap after I woke up today. <laughs> you know, you wow. know, that's very good. It's only 11 a.m., Julia. I took a, I woke up at five and I took a nap from like eight to nine. I respect the game. That is impressive. Sometimes you got to play. My dog is currently snoring quite a bit in the background. So <laughs> if you hear it while I speak, I apologize. I love him so much. He's very sleepy. He doesn't know that he's going on a road trip today, so he's going to have a panic attack in about the next few hours. Oh, Arn. Sounds like my kind of day. He thinks we're leaving him forever every time we pack a single suitcase. Oh, Arnie. (laughs) Same, though. Do you want to start with a story about Thor, the devil, highwaymen, murder, ghosts, and a deadly curse all in one place? Yes, I thought that was a list and I had already forgotten the first thing once you got to the third. But then when you're like, oh, it's all together. And I was like, yes, I am. I am invested. Whatever that is, I'm down. (laughs) All right. So this comes from a listener named Kate. And they say, I'm waving at you all from across the ocean while singing uh, along to your theme song, which keeps getting stuck in my head. Thank you. Apparently, people keep pointing out that it was also in like a Netflix porno. In a Netflix series and in the... Uh, series they were shooting a porno what I think is funniest is that Netflix does not want to pay to license music um, and so like us three years ago decided to use the best free music out there uh, in Competech.org by Kevin McLeod 
Thanks, Kevin McLeod. You're the best. So I love listening to spirits and I wanted to let you know about my local urban myth from England. I live close to Hindhead Common in Surrey in the southeast of England. Part of this woodland and common includes the Devil's Punch Bowl, a large hollow or bowl shape area a couple of miles across. There are many legends about this area, but I wanted to tell you two one ancient, which includes the devil and Thor together, and one a bit more recent, which includes sailors, highwaymen, murder, hanging, ghosts, and a deadly curse. Fuck yeah. All right. So there are many ancient legends of how the devil's punch bowl was formed, but the most popular involves <laughs> Thor I'm sorry. and, of course, the devil. I'm sorry. That's just sinking in. The devil's punch bowl. Aren't all punch bowls the devil's punch bowl? Only if you spike them. Ah, bless. So the legend says that the devil lived near the Devil's Jump, the name of three hills in a row near Hindhead, very cool name, uh, which is close to Thor's Lie, a village that is now known as Thursley. Thor's Lie? Thor's Lie. Oh, I like guess lying like the play- down, oh, okay. I imagine. I was like, not like I mean, Thor lied to me. I know that Loki told a lot of lies, but I thought Thor was relatively straightforward. <laughs> he just does a lot of murder. That's just how it goes. Uh, So apparently they would regularly torment each other by jumping from hill to hill with Thor throwing thunder and lightning bolts at the devil and the devil retaliating by scooping up handfuls of earth and hurling it at Thor. One of the largest of these left the bowl shape of the punch bowl. The area is now a tourist area for hiking, cycling, and the National Trust that manages the land graze ponies as well as a huge highland cattle as well as some huge highland cattle with enormous horns. When it is a misty, foggy day, the fog lies low in the punch bowl and neighboring hills and looks really atmospheric, which is lovely until you see an enormous highland cow coming towards you in the mist. I'm sure they've given a few hikers a bit of a scare. That's very good. Can you imagine just like a big old, big old cow coming towards you with big old horns just appearing out of the mist? Adorable. I love it. It's, it's very like Instagram. There are a lot of people on Instagram who are like travel influencers and will just like post foggy pictures from Iceland all the time. And I very mm. much picture this as being one of those where you're on a photo shoot and then the cow just like doesn't stop coming toward you. And you're like, oh, 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 no. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please. I don't have any whatever cows eat grass. Yes. Hey. I don't know. The other legend I want to tell you about is slightly more recent and is probably the most famous in our local area. It relates to the barbaric murder of an unknown sailor and a curse that was put on his memorial stone. So here we go. In September 1786, a sailor was walking back along the main road from London to Portsmouth on the south coast of England, where his ship was moored. This route was infamous for local highwaymen and robbers who would regularly attack stagecoaches as they traveled along the road. The highwaymen would rush down the hill of the punch bowl and jump out in front of the coaches and scare the horses, causing them to crash down the hill. Rude. Rude. Very rude. rude. Just, Just a rude thing to do. This sailor was walking along this route and stopped at a local inn near Thursley, Thursday. I keep almost saying Thursday. Uh, near Thursday for I mean, the it rest- could have happened on a Wednesday, so it could have been near Thursday as well. It could have also Boo. been near Thursday. Thank you, Eric. Boo. That, was a, that was a dad joke. All right. So he stopped at a local inn near Thursday for a rest and a drink. Whilst he was there, he met three men who he bought drinks for during the evening. At the end of the night, these three men followed the sailor from the inn. They attacked him, stripped him of his clothes, stole all of his belongings, and then murdered him by cutting his throat so severely they almost decapitated. Him. Oh, my God. This is nearly headless nick bullshit right here that's very sweeney todd that's very much like oh sweeney uh, so thank you for saving my life I'll, I'll see you later on the streets maybe and then like all the other crew baits have just died that was a great anthony impression thank you for that <laughs> 
Oh, sir. They finally pushed his body down the hill into the punch bowl. Amazingly, the men were apprehended not long after the murder and six months later were declared guilty and hung to death at Gibbet, I think, or Gibbet. Again, Something with a another escalation. <laughs> we really can stop the violence somewhere. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, goodness. All right. So they were uh, hung to death on a gibbet at the top of the hill above the punch bowl close to the crime scene. Their bodies were left there for around three years as a deterrent. That's too long. What? <laughs> three days would be too long. Three hours would three. be like, okay, I get it. Hold on. These are these are dead bodies? Dead bodies. That were left there for three years? Oh, Apparently. no. Too long. Too long. Uh, well, they were left there as a deterrent to highwaymen and others thinking of committing similar crimes. It's like how they used to hang like the bodies of pirates outside of like harbors so that pirates know, hey, don't come here. Yeah, but how how do the skeletons stay together as all, also, as all like, the shit decomposes? There's surely animals. There's yeah. surely animals around that would have like, like also it's not, it's just, it's, it does, what? That, uh, mm, we're no. back. Listen, I'm no. just telling the story. I'm just telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. No, this is an inquisition on you, Julia. You have to God, answer all of our questions. I, p- I picked the story. I have to answer the questions for it. Fine. Soon after the murder, a stone was erected along the side of the road to mark the spot where the sailor met his death. In 1826, the road was moved and caused a long-running feud between local landowners. The stone was moved to a new location along the road, but after many arguments between the landowners, it was moved back to its original location and a curse was added to the back of the stone to prevent it from being moved again. The curse read, This stone was erected by order and at the cost of James Stilwell Esquire of Cosford, 1786. Cursed be the man who injureth or removeth the stone. A good use of it. Oh, yeah. The other landowner didn't like this at all and so placed his own replica stone on the road and at some point before 1889, the original stone was vandalized and moved back again to the new road. The stone was not moved again for over 40 years, but in 1932, to much divided opinion on the logic of defying the curse, it was moved for a final time back to the original site where it has remained ever since. For this final move in 1932, according to local legend, the manager of a local garage laughed at the curse and volunteered himself and his employees to move the stone. One employee is known to have died shortly after from an unexpected illness, while the garage manager himself broke his shoulder when he fell from a ladder and caused enough damage to prevent him from ever working again. Oh, God. Another volunteer is known to have died of a heart attack a short while after having moved the stone. It is now said that the stone must never be moved again, but some local people say that if it is ever moved, it can only be moved by women. Mm. Going back to the uh, hanging at the gibbet, after the hanging, the three guilty men—sorry, after the hanging of the three guilty men occurred, many fears and superstitions arose around Gibbet Hill, with people saying that they saw ghosts of these men and the sailor coming out of the mist that can hang low around the gibbet and the punch bowl. Superstitions here became so famous that they're mentioned in novels such as Charles Dickens's Nicholas Nickleby and Arthur Conan Doyle, the author of Sherlock Holmes, said it was his inspiration for the book *The Hound of the Baskervilles*. I do like that story a lot. Bad episode of the Sherlock TV show, but a good, very bad, uh, good story. Therefore, in 1851, Sir William Earle, a local judge, paid for a Celtic cross to be erected to banish these ghostly fears and raise the local spirits. Get it? Raise the spirits, like of the people, but also the ghosts. Hey, boo! Wait, hold on. That gets a hey, but my thing got a boo. Unfair, Un- <laughs> unfair standards at Spirits Podcast. 
And Kate says, thank you for taking the time to read this. I hope it caused a few shivers for your spines. It did cause some shivers, but that's because for some reason between like 1030 and 12, my office just becomes really cold every day. And I don't know why. It's very strange. Like I always get like really, really cold at that time of day. Is that why you send me adorable um, snaps of your adorable dog, Arnie, just like in a nest of blankets? Yeah, I mean, that's just how he is, regardless of the temperature. He always oh. loves a big nest of blankets. That's why we oh, get he along. Me. Yeah. Who doesn't love a big nest of blankets? I don't They're know. Wrong. He hates making his nest, it seems. Because if, if Amanda will attest to this, that whenever I send snaps of him making a nest, he is just constantly whining. And like yeah. seems like he is so distraught, but like, Aww. but that he's immediately happy afterwards. And we can't tell if it's just part of the ritual for him or if it's or if he's genuinely like, why can't I get this to be the way I want it to be? <laughs> Your dog is so anxious and I love it. I know. I really relate to it so much. Or what happens to me is like when I'm coming home from an event or from traveling, it's like the that's like the five minutes when I'm closest to home that I most acutely need to be home. Like as it approaches, I'm just like, I want to be in my bed. And I get so sleepy and like giddy with sleep because I really want to be there. And so I feel like Arnie is just like, I want to be in my nest. And as the nest is closer to being assembled, he just gets more and more impatient. I get it. Yeah. He's also very old. So he's just kind of a crotchety old man. Oh, he's just an old boy. What a good segue. I have a story about a creepy crotchety old man. <gasps> Tell me about it. This is titled The Devil on My Doorstep, literally, from Layla. They say... So this happened when I was an itty bitty four or five year old child. So I don't remember it happening, but my mom told me the story a couple times and I tell it to my friends when they want to hear something creepy or if they don't. <laughs> that's that's a mood. So one day my aunt was over at my house with her kids for a play date with me and my brother. My mom was in the kitchen getting us all snacks while my aunt was in the living room keeping an eye on us kids when the doorbell rings. Now, since my mom was in the kitchen and my aunt was close to the door, she decided to get the door for my mom. When my aunt answered the door, she saw an older man in his 60s or 70s, question mark, who was dressed like a priest. A, saying dressed like a priest is so ominous. So. It means, it means it's definitely not a priest. So ominous. I mean, you recognize your priest. Like, that's how it works. Uh, okay. Ooh, okay. I love I love when there's a priest on my flight. I'm not Catholic, but every, anytime I see like a priest on my flight, I'm like, we good? This'll this'll work out. I don't know why. I have there's absolutely no reason that I would I would be comforted by a priest out of flight at all. But I'm always like, yeah, this seems seems better. How many times have you had a priest on your flight where this is like a common thing I've that you're never. like, ah, oh, you know, every time I see one. <laughs> of my four flights to and from PodCon, three of them had a priest on them. What the Eric, are you sure it wasn't a shapeshifter with one shirt in his suitcase? It is. It is extremely common. I would say <laughs> I would say a solid 30 percent of my flights. Have what? A priest on them. That yeah, is a, I would say a wild number. I've seen a priest in the wilds like twice. Oh, at airports are the number one place I see. Priests. I see nuns all the time in airports, but priests not so I, often. I don't know if I've ever seen a nun in an airport. I, I saw. I, there was also a, a a priest when I flew earlier in January before before PodCon. There was also a priest on one of my flights. Hey, Ohio is wild. <laughs> but Why are also, there so but, many priests? But a lot of the time, I'm taking connecting flights that are not to or from Ohio. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying, a lot of priests flying around. Now, are are these places like super in need of priestly care? Or are these priests just like super worldly and like out and about doing stuff? 
I just assume they have to go like, I don't know. A conference. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, my great grandmother was in a like Lutheran choir um, and would travel on Greyhound buses like all around um, like the eastern half of the U.S. Uh, going to performances and like visiting her friends and stuff. Um, and apparently she was like BFFs with a bunch of nuns in her like church organization. Uh, and they knew how to travel. They had like cute little like overnight bags, knew how to like put their stuff away, had like a, a container for their habits. I think it's awesome. So back to Layla's story. The man said hello and started talking to my aunt, asking if he could come in and talk to the lady of the house. Nope, don't do it. Now for some background info, my mom and my aunt have always had spiritual things happen to them. And they both believe in spirits and other entities as they've had too many experiences not to. So when this old man asked to come in, my aunt got the sick feeling that something was wrong. So naturally she told him he couldn't come in and he needed to leave. Good call. Correct. The old man got angry and started arguing with my aunt that she just had to let him in to speak to my mom. Meanwhile, my mom heard my aunt start to raise her voice as she was arguing with the old man. But when it was the old man's turn to say something back during the argument, all my mom heard from the kitchen was this gargled, guttural noise. No, no. My mom understandably got freaked out and ran to the door with a knife in her hand parentheses, I think she was cutting up fruit or something, and Correct. was pointing it at the fake priest, yelling at him that he's not allowed into this house and never will be, that God is protecting the house and that he needs to leave. So finally, the old man leaves all pissed off and stuff, and my mom and aunt talk about it because they're both freaking out and knew something was wrong, and they were just really glad that nothing happened. Oof, that's that's just it, huh? Oh, man. And they finish with, this isn't the only story I have. It's just one that I have the most facts about. I'm also trying to get more facts for a story about how my brother had a demon as an imaginary friend when he was little. Hope to share more in the future. <sighs> so many children have demon imaginary best friends. And we need to talk about that real quick. Yeah. I mean, just like I had an imaginary friend um, that was like an anthropomorphized bee named Buzzer Bee. Actually, I think it was a, a B-shaped bee, but he was very sweet and I liked having him. And I was hanging out, we were hanging out with my brother Connor at PodCon and he was like, oh yeah, no, I made up an imaginary friend because you had one and I was jealous. Uh, and I was like, oh yeah, checks out. I'm glad that it wasn't an anthropomorphized No, it was bee it was because... pre-bee movie and, and Buzzer Bee was just like a okay, cute little okay, fat bumblebee. Like, you, you caught on to the track that I was definitely going on to, which was <laughs> your friend was Jerry Seinfeld, the bee from Bee Movie. No, God super no. damn it. Buzzer Bee was pure. B movie, but it's an episode of Spirits Podcast. Already haunted. Checks out. We've probably said all the words in B movie. We could probably just I could probably just go through and cut. <laughs> make, cut like, like, make, make like make like a, a MIDI words. keyboard. Oh lord. And just post them into to the B movie movie. That's horrifying. Please don't ever do cursed that. audio. I mean, now that we've said B a bunch of times, I we definitely have that one covered. So <laughs> Shit. I bet we could I bet we could get the rest. We just need to find the character names. I guarantee a listener has has been named every character in B movie by now. Oh no. Oh I I God. feel like I have no idea what the plot is, but you'll just need lines like, "Oh no, an ant eater is coming to the hive." A, a, a lawyer a lawyer trying to save the bees falls in love with a bee. Correct. That sounds wrong. Yeah, no, it's very wrong. Oh, it's very bad. I have a story that I see says that their their grandmother was a devout Irish Catholic. So that seems like it's it's on the on the chain We're of on what we've been today. talking about. Let's do it up. Let's do so it. I'm gonna read this story from Heather. And it goes a little something like this. <laughs> every time. Every time. It's titled Flying Ghost Children. 
I'm down. So my mom is the oldest girl of seven brothers and sisters. Fun fact is that the children went boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. My nan was a very devout Irish Catholic, obvious by the seven children, but she mm -hmm. was also very spiritual. When she was alive, she told me about the ghost and that they experienced when they lived in their house in London. When my mom was about five or six, she was playing in her bedroom when she noticed that there was a girl that she didn't recognize sitting there on the chair in her room. She wasn't scared, but went to find my nan and asked who the girl was. Obviously, when she went to investigate, there was no girl there. About a year later, my uncle, who would have been around three or four years old at the time, was playing with a little boy in his bedroom upstairs. The little boy stopped playing and flew out of the open window. No! My uncle then jumped out the window after him. I need to stress that my uncle was fine and thankfully only got some scratches and bruises. Hey, uncles, maybe don't jump out windows. But also that Never. seems like a very uncle move. <laughs> seems like seems like something that I'll end up doing in the next five years yeah, or so. Yeah, like there is an, a trampoline a below. Uncle. Don't worry. Just freaked out my kids and gave them nightmares forever. Yeah. Now everyone's afraid of heights. When asked why he had jumped out the window, he said he wanted to follow the boy. The creepy thing is that my mom's younger sister said that she had seen my uncle playing with a boy that she didn't recognize. No. But thought it was just a friend from school. It's I want to point out, I'm now realizing that the uncle was three or four in the story and not an uncle at the time. <laughs> not a grown man. Because <laughs> when I said that's a real uncle move, I was thinking like, oh, a, a, like a grown man. I had forgotten the age thing man. already. Listen, and Eric, he was like going out to save the child. Listen, some toddlers are born toddlers. Some toddlers are born uncles to be. <laughs> I mean, that that's true. That's very Checks true. Out. Also, my mom told me that recently both my nan and granddad had both seen a ghostly woman leaning over the youngest, the youngest auntie's crib on separate occasions. They hadn't told each other until they had moved as they didn't want to scare the other. My just nan just tell people things. Just tell them the things. My nan also told me that in the house she would be sitting watching TV and a woman would walk into her room and then walk out the opposite side wall. No. I don't think they saw anything else. No, nothing else, though. Don't worry. They didn't see anything else. <laughs> Honestly, like that unsubstantiated, the, the rest, if there was more, totally understandable. I don't think they saw anything else once they moved, but I often wonder if the new occupants had seen anything else in that house. Thanks for the amazing podcast. Can't wait to hear more. Okay. I have a question for y'all. Hypothetical question. Okay. okay. If, if you had lived in a haunted house and... You moved out of the haunted house. Yeah. Would you ever like try to like track down the people who are currently living in your house to find out like, hey, you got ghosts? Uh, the ghosts, they there? I saw enough of Hill House to know that that's never a good idea to revisit previous hauntings. And no. No. All right. I don't think the house I grew up in was haunted, but I will say that all three of me and my two sisters slept walk a bunch until we moved and then never slept walk again. What? That's horrifying. Eric, how are we you, just learning this? You can't just tell us you were a creepy child now. But no, that's not a, because that's not, uh, be, okay. No, 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 I want to be very clear. Sleepwalking is not a creepy kid thing. Yes, it Sleep, is. It's creepy. Sleepwalking is, sleepwalking is a creepy thing, but happens to people across all age groups and like, is not like the weirdest thing that you can do. I'm not but, saying like I'm not saying like 
there's a little boy in my closet. I'm not saying like <laughs> creepy shit. I'm just like sleepwalking is a thing that happens. But we did all immediately stop. We also didn't sleepwalk a ton. It happened very rarely. But we never did it. Even though we were all different ages, immediately stopped once we moved into a different house. You know, Eric, like like 11th graders told us in elementary school regarding like, I don't know, cocaine. Never even once. Never once. Don't even do it once. What eleventh graders what I, were telling on, you not, not to do cocaine? To, remember the what dare am I not program? Supposed to be doing sleepwalking? You oh, don't yeah. control it. You don't decide to sleepwalk. I can decide if I do cocaine or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very different. They're probably talking about pot, and all of us were like, "Okay." <laughs> well, before I sleepwalk away from this podcast, oh, no. I think we should get a drink and uh, get back to it in a little bit and think about our choices. Sure, let's go. So Amanda, I was uh, taking the flight back from PodCon and I missed it terribly, but I like I got such like creative juices flowing from attending PodCon, like just talking to a bunch of creators who are really yeah. passionate about all their stuff. It was awesome. So like instantly the first thing I wanted to do, I was like, what if I like went on Skillshare real quick and saw if they had any classes about like, you know, developing characters and developing like writing stuff that I can really utilize with all this creative juices that are flowing through my body. And of course, Skillshare did. So I found Skillshare provides. So I found a wonderful class called Making a Hero Protagonist Development for Film and Fiction. And you bet I enjoyed that. It was very, very cool. Basically, it the uh, the teacher kind of poses a series of questions that help you both generate ideas and also solidify who your main character is in relation to your plot, which is like really, really important if you know anything about creating fiction. And if you want to learn about that, or if you want to learn about how to like shoot photography, or if you want to learn about how to market your podcast, Skillshare is the online community for you. It's the online community for creators. They now have over 25,000 classes and they will help you fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. Yeah, Skillshare is the absolute bomb. And I love that subject. I always think of like uh, setting ideas, but characters are harder. So learning a little bit more about how to develop a protagonist and relate them to your story sounds right up my alley. Um, And you can sign up for two free months of Skillshare premium at Skillshare.com slash spirits two new year new URL. That's Skillshare.com slash spirits two spirits two check it out. Take a class learn about life. And let us know how you like it. We are also sponsored this week by Calm. Now, Julia, you mentioned the uh, immense amount of travel that we have been doing. And I always get a little bit nervous when traveling because my sleep routine is really specific. Oof, <laughs> and yeah. I I have, you know, I have a little alarm that tells me when to start getting ready for bed. And I brush my teeth. I t- shut my devices. I, like, get into bed, turn my fairy lights on. And I, you know, just kind of ease into sleep. Um, but that's not always possible when you're traveling. But luckily, the most important part of my bedtime routine can come with me anywhere because those are sleep stories on Calm. They help me just focus on one thing as I'm trying to fall asleep. They're wonderful voices. The uh, person that played Martha in Doctor Who now narrates one of the stories. It's very exciting. That is very cool. And they're just 
good old bedtime stories. There are ones for kids, ones for adults, one that anyone will enjoy. And you can just listen to that as you drift off into sleep. So whether you need help sleeping, whether you're feeling stressed or anxious, you want to try meditating in 2019, Calm is the app to use. And for a limited time, listeners of Spirits can get 25% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash spirits. So that means you get unlimited access to all of Calm's amazing content, all of their sleep stories, all their meditations. That's calm.com slash spirits. Calm.com slash spirits. Thank you, Calm. All right, now let's get back to the show. Do you want to hear about druids, the elemental, and four haunted castles from Ireland? Hell yeah. Four haunted castles? Four whole haunted castles. No, I only want to hear about five haunted castles. So this comes from Circa. So I've been meaning to send this in for a while, so here it goes. I grew up in a small town in the Irish Midlands, which is just uh, which just so happened to be within a 40-minute drive of four of the most haunted castles in the country, a fact which I never even thought was weird or interesting until recently. Why? 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 I don't understand. I would find that so interesting. Most of them I visited quite often, though some I only really found out the extent of the haunting once I started looking into them more. So without hey, further ado, hey, here's... Hey. Hey, real quick, real quick. How often are you visiting these haunted castles? (laughs) Apparently quite often. Why? Why are you going, you know where I'm going to go today? The haunted castle. Mm. I mean, I would go to some haunted castles if they were like within driving distance. I would definitely go to a haunted castle. I wouldn't go to the same four haunted castles quite often. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Yeah, but if there isn't much else to do, you know, what are your options there? I guess. I guess. It's the Irish Midlands. I don't know what the nightlife is like around there. All right. Uh, so without further ado, here is a quick roundup of my local haunted castles. I love that you can do a full roundup of your local haunted castles. I will start with Kitney Castle. Uh, there have been several castles in the same area dating back to before 1200. Wow. Okay. Jesus. Anything that old is haunted. Though the current structure was built in 1630, then burned down and was rebuilt in the 1920s. It is now a hotel and a beautiful wedding venue, if you don't mind a few uninvited guests from the spirit realm. Can I just suggest that, like, what? that's wild. (laughs) Can I just suggest that maybe if a thing burns down, you'll leave it? Like what about just the White seems, House? The White seems... House burned down. You want to uh, build another White maybe House? Maybe we should have just left it, though. That's a good point. Good point. All right. Uh, the castle stands... Uh, actually, Amanda, we should probably think about changing my wedding venue now to this haunted castle. Ooh. I don't know, just a thought. I mean... I don't want to... I'm very down. fly to Ireland for, for that. That's a long flight. Fine. All right. Don't come to my wedding, then. Uh. I mean, I'll happily fly to, fly to your place. Assuming LaGuardia <laughs> right. is open by then. All right. Yeah, Jesus. Don't do that to me. All right. Uh, it stands near a woodland area where it is said that druids used to worship. Uh, and there are also remains of an abbey nearby. Now that I think about it, it would honestly be surprising if there wasn't a ghost there. The main ghost is a monk named Hugh, who tends to hang around the bar in the dungeon and is said to be six foot tall and swathed in black. Just going to let that sit there for a second, because Hugh hangs out the bar in the dungeon. It's very good. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Yes. Some of the hotel's bedrooms, the Geraldine Room and the Elizabeth Room, also seem to be haunted by the White Lady, Lady Catherine Hutchinson, who commissioned the current castle prior to it being burned down along with an unnamed child whose laughter can be heard from time to time. Uh, the next castle is Charleville. And I this one I... That was all just one castle. That was all one castle. <laughs> There's, There's so, so many, many rooms. It's so got to be haunted. So many different things happened to that one castle. That's enough bad stuff to happen to four castles. 
at least. The next castle is Charleville, and this is the one that I visited the most growing up. My cousins even had an overnight stay there on Halloween, but I preferred to only visit during daylight for obvious reasons. Smart. Smart. Our one smart listener. It was built in the late 1700s, not long after the surrounding town was all but destroyed in a fire caused by a freak hot air balloon incident. (laughs) Oh, no. They linked to an article about it. I'm going to read it later. Oh, no. (laughs) I broke Eric with that one. Yep, Eric's broken. So, So this is spoilers for the 50th hour of Red Dead Redemption 2, but there is a hot air balloon chase in that game. And now I'm just imagining that ending in a crash into a castle. And it's... I'm surprised it didn't. No, no, it it doesn't. But it's... it. Man, that game... Sometimes that game just goes, you know what? Here's a bit of that surreal Grand Theft Auto humor in a mostly grounded Western game. (laughs) Sure, fair enough. Oh, no. Okay, uh... This castle is also located in a wooded area, which also has evidence of druidic rituals. The castle was owned by the Burry family for generations, and the family is said to have a strong link to the large oak tree at the entrance of the grounds, known as the King's Oak. It is said that any time a branch fell from the tree, a member of the family would die. No. Bad tree. In 1963, there was a huge storm and the tree was hit by lightning, splitting it down the middle. The tree survived, but not long after, the head of the Burry family and the last of the family to own the castle died suddenly and unexpectedly. The tree still stands there today and it is perfect for climbing. We used to use it for picnics all the time. Just try not to think about the death. The main ghost which haunts Charleville is the young girl named Harriet, who lived in the castle and died after falling while sliding down the balustrade? Like the I balustrade. Guess the, like, balustrade. Thank you, man. Got it. It's like banister. That's what I figured but it posh. was. Of the main staircase in 1861. She can be heard singing, laughing, and crying from time to time, and has even been seen on camera a few times. <gasps> okay, question. Do y'all yes. think it's creepier for the ghost child to have, like, of varied forms of expression and like laugh and cry and like yell and whisper or to have the like consistent ghost that only will like creepily whisper or creepily cry i like variety in my ghost hauntings fair i don't like i don't like any of it no fair enough i don't want any of the hauntings you just want fiery balloon crashes is what i'm hearing well we've got two more so uh castle was built in the 16th century and gifted from henry the eighth to anne boleyn's father in exchange for her hand in marriage Uh two of the anne's two of anne's nieces lived there and when one of them died the other jumped off the tower as she could no longer live without her sister sad uh the tower is haunted by a figure known as the thin man who is seen hanging around at night with a green glow around him Uh -uh. take it back Mm -mm. walk it back i can't i can't do it sorry it is now owned by my former ballet teacher and she said she saw the ghost herself after having invited a psychic to draw him out but he doesn't come out often that's the best like situation for a ghost where it's like hey he's he's around sometimes i have a quick i have a quick inquiry okay how much do ballet teachers make? <laughs> Apparently a lot. Okay, also... Uh, because because I'm quitting the podcast and going to teach ballet because apparently you can buy a castle on that salary. Only haunted ones. Castles though. are very cheap in Ireland. There are a lot of them and a lot of them are in mm. disrepair. They also have like tax incentives to buy historic properties and then um, like renovate them. So I've heard about this actually yeah, for some reason it, it's, recently. It's it was very, probably at PodCon. It's very doable actually. Hey, Amanda, you're an Irish citizen. I am. 
Um, we could buy a castle. We super could buy a castle, though. Why hasn't yeah, this hold occurred on. Yeah, to me? Well, yeah, we definitely need to change it to buying a haunted house in America to just buying any castle in Ireland. Okay, that's it's it. Probably we're haunted. doing it. We're doing it. 1,000 patrons. We're going to buy a haunted castle in Ireland. Let's 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 look at the prices of what castles <laughs> cost, and then figure out what we what one thousand patrons would be. Because let's not promise at one thousand patrons we buy a castle. Okay, do, that might be not. Feasible. Let's make it six thousand six hundred and sixty-six patrons. That's, Perfect. Okay, we will definitely cool. buy a castle if that many. I people personally will buy a castle, or else I'm not going to invite a haunting on my name and house and lineage. But I will. I will flagellate myself in the internet all right we have one last castle and finally we have leap castle which might be the most haunted place in ireland some even say all of europe it was built in 1250 and was the home of the o'carroll clan who were very fond of murdering each other oh no one pair of the brothers teague and thaddeus uh were in competition over which of them would inherit the castle Teague burst into the castle's chapel where Thaddeus was saying mass and stabbed him in the back so that he died at the altar. He still haunts what is now known as the Bloody Chapel, especially since in 1922, a secret room was found behind the chapel full of human remains dropped from a trap door in the room above by the O'Carrolls. No! I'm sorry, like, you you know you have a problem when you have to, like, build infrastructure to support and conceal your habit of murdering? That's bad. The McMahon family also haunts the castle, who were poisoned by the O'Carrolls at a feast. Yoinks. I'm also related to some uh, Mahans, which is a similar spelling of the same like original family. So yikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the castle has then been passed to the Darby family. And if you thought this was about as haunted as it could get, you have no idea. Mildred Darby, who lived in the castle around 1900, was quite fond of the occult and held quite a few seances. At one of these, she accidentally summoned an elemental, which attached itself to the castle and remains there to this day. She also summoned dozens of other spirits who still linger in the castle. It is now occupied by the Ryan family, who seem to get along quite well with their ghost housemates. So much. I echo Eric's statement that each of these castles has enough haunting for like a full county of castles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I'd also like to apologize to our other listeners who are also smart people. Since I said this person was our only smart listener, there are at least three other smart listeners. Oh, the spirit well, that can don't confirm. walk into like the most spooky situations and don't immediately turn around. Actually, we got an email from one of those very smart spirits listeners. So I'll tell you Excellent. all about that. So this is from Olivia, who we actually met at PodCon. They write, I was the anxious gaby who briefly said hi, uh, which just oh. like mood. I want a T-shirt. I love you. Yes, we we, we Also, you're going to have to be more specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Olivia writes, After we went to your live show, we went back to our hotel room, where I began to feel a little creeped out, as if someone was looking over my shoulder whenever I was in the middle of doing something. And I woke up twice during the night to discover the closet door had opened on its own. I just want to point something out real quick here. Real quick here. Everybody that went to PodCon stayed in the same hotel, except for me and Julia. Which means, Amanda, you stayed most likely in the exact same hotel as this person, which you you stayed at a haunted hotel. You did it. Proud of you. I done goofed. Olivia continues. Now, if this were a horror movie, the protagonist would walk into the closet while ooky spooky violins played and you shout, no, don't go in there at the screen. But I listened to spirits. So what did I do? Sunday morning, I went in the closet and turned on the lights. 
I mentioned the lights because the fixture wasn't connected to a light switch. It was just an old-fashioned pull string. So different hotel, Eric. Eat your words. Already creepy. Eden. Already Eden. don't like it. Meaning to turn on the light, you have to step into the dark closet. Nope. And wait just a moment as you wrench on that string. Unless you're a spirit of some kind, of course. So I step in, pull on the chain, go to grab my coat and bag when the light suddenly turns out. I quickly turn the light back on, grab my things, and as I rush out, the light turns back off again. <sighs> that's our faulty wiring. Our that's listeners just, that's are... That's just faulty wiring. Oh, Hopefully. Oh buddies. oh, buddies. So that is why Olivia titled the email, Is the Spirits Team a Ghost Portal? Oh, we might be, no, much, no, much like no, the girlfriend no, 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 from no, no, that no, live show. Not. Nope. And they speculate nope. that um, that there may be an obvious conclusion here, that the spirit show was haunted and a ghost latched on to me there and followed me back to my hotel. You know, that checks out. I mm, let's, let's, not, let's not claim those things. Let's be very careful. I don't know. I think you're haunted now. I have a story titled... Haunted mirror story that is safe for Eric to read. Oh, yeah. So I did not read this one beforehand because (laughs) it said it was safe for me to read. So I'm just relying on Martha to to guide us through to the end of this episode. All right. They write, hello, spirit squad. I found your podcast via Potterless and absolutely love the urban legends episodes. Growing up, I had and still have an overactive imagination and scary stories would freak me the fuck out. Smart move. I avoided them for a long time, but also now work in an emergency room. So scary shit is just par for the course. This story is not mine, but my aunt's. She grew up in the Midwest and when she married, moved down to Georgia. We went to visit her once when I was around 12 and overheard my parents talking with her about how one of the first houses she owned down south was haunted. She and her children were in the backyard, no one was in the house, and they looked up and saw children's faces in the windows. I scooby-doo the hell out of the room after that and didn't hear the next story until just recently. A question for y'all. What is the most haunted state? Because I would argue Georgia is probably the most haunted state. Well, see, that's because of my whole issue. That's where probably the most people died during the Civil War. Probably, and people yeah. People always see these Civil War ghosts, old timey ghosts. Um, old timey. Or ghost. are we talking about modern hauntings and cryptids? Because that's got to be Florida. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't know. Apparently, Ohio is where the most Bigfoot sightings are now. I really thought you were going to say wild. the most priests, because that sounds true. <laughs> no, we're de- we. De- are you kidding me? We are not priests on flights. Priests on flights. We're like Bible Belt North. We definitely have more. Baptists than than Catholics. Well, based on Julia's and my favorite Instagram account, Cheap Old Houses, which is now on Patreon and you can support it, which you should. <gasps> I don't know who they are, but it's incredible. And you can get a whole like secret account with more houses if you support them. It's amazing. <gasps> oh yeah. No, you oh, gotta get to on it. That. Gotta get on it. Anyway, oh. cheap old houses, it's great. But the the most haunted looking houses that they ever post are either in Ohio or Maine. So just population wise, I think Ohio might be the answer. Well, we'll figure that out later and assume until then it's not Ohio. (laughs) Fair enough. Back to the second story from Martha. When my aunt was still living in Nebraska, this woman's lived all over the place. She had purchased an antique mirror with beautiful molding all around it. Several parts of the frame were damaged 
and she meticulously recreated all the broken parts until it was restored. Oh no! Good oh no! Job, uh, but then, aunt. but then, Very when good. the ant put the final splinter in, it glowed and it sucked her into the spirit realm and and spat back out a a, a, a like doppelganger. doppelganger. Yeah, that would haunt the the life out of her family. Oh my god. I mean, that would be quite the twist if that's what happens. I am also just this moment realizing that all the mirrors I own are antique mirrors. I have never bought one of them new. And maybe I have to rethink my choices. Yeah, for, for sure. You do have a substantial realm. amount of mirrors in that apartment. I have a fair number of mirrors. I do. I do. They're good for bouncing light all around. Oh, no. One day. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, beans. That, that, that little extra detail. Oh, about no. Bouncing light. One day she was talking on the phone with a friend only several feet away from the mirror. Somehow the conversation... <laughs> I am several feet away from a mirror at all times in my house. Oh, no. Oh, nerds. And you're talking to friends right now, oh, technically no. over the oh, phone. No. Somehow the conversation came around to ghosts slash poltergeists. This is literally about you. This is about <laughs> this is your... Life. This is about your future niece or nephew like just just telling a story about what's about to happen to you right okay, now okay rip the band-aid let's find out and my aunt loudly said oh goodness i don't believe in poltergeists can you say that now, wow Amanda? no no God. i won't it's your destiny but but fine <laughs> one day as soon as she said that the mirror flew off the wall and fell about six feet away with all of the restored molding breaking <gasps> off the mirror that's bad. The, the mirror had also been nailed into a stud in the wall, <gasps> and the wood from the stud had splintered from the force of the nail being removed. What, what the fuck? Needless to say, my aunt was freaked. Later, at a different house, the mirror was hanging above a radiator. Why would you keep oh, no. the mirror at this point? <laughs> oh, beans. And it fell off the wall several times. Oh, my God. However... When you think about it being above a radiator, you would think that it would either fall on top or behind the radiator. Nope. It fell several feet in front of the radiator. I don't think she has the mirror still. Smart. <gasps> Thank but you. Please go make sure. after this first incident, I would have thrown that shit out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smart. Good yeah. listener. Like, here's the thing. Like, at first, I'm like, you know what? There are, like, weighted nails and, like, hooks for hanging stuff. Maybe it was just that. But the fact that it's falling a distance away from the wall is is extreme. It splintered the stud. Like, I've never that, heard of that, that happening. That requires force. Yeah. Unless you like drag the, the painting like up or down the wall and like the nail rips in a direction just falling. I've never heard of. I also like that the sentence that she said was, oh goodness, I don't believe in poltergeist, <laughs> which is I feel like a thing no one's ever actually said. <laughs> I mean, maybe oh, goodness, she was me. I don't believe in poltergeist. Well, you've said it several times now. I hope there's no mirror in that room. There is not a mirror in this room and Huzzah. multiple things hanging up on the wall and none of them have fallen. So Huzzah. let's hope that We're remains good. true good during here. your trip. Oh. oh, no, that sounded creepier than I wanted it to. Yeah, I didn't like that <laughs> one bit. Why do you have to do that? Oh, Don't sorry. Put that. Don't put that omen on okay. me. Okay, well, I'm the ant, so clearly this is going to happen to me at some point. Whew. Well, we had a lot of hauntings this episode, but also a lot of smart choices. So listeners, I feel like together we are all uh, deciding and learning and uh, future proofing ourselves against hauntings. Yes. And remembering to stay creepy and stay cool. 
Thank you again to our sponsors. Skillshare is your online learning community. If you're a creator, if you're a hobbyist, if you want to learn anything at all, go to Skillshare.com spirits two for two free months of Skillshare premium. And thank you to Calm, the number one app for sleep, meditation, and relaxation. Calm.com slash spirits will get you 25% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes unlimited access to all of their content. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.